This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It means we bring on my real estate entrepreneur friend, Omar. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I like all three topics we're going to talk about today, and we're going to come out the gate hot with topic number one. It's actually a topic I've never covered before, so it's going to be fun. And that is the idea of, you know what? Lots of people talk about buying their primary residence first, but I think increasingly in much of the country, it actually might benefit folks to rent where they live and actually buy an investment property. I think with limited inventory, I think with you know just the options that are out there, I think for the first time in much of the country, buying a rental unit first might be the right financial move. And I wanted to ask you what you thought. That's perfect, Michael. And everyone always asks, hey, should I buy a house first to live in um, or should I buy a rental or should I buy an investment property or should I buy a flip, you know, yeah. to create the cash flow or to create that that capital and not to take away anybody's dream of home ownership. OK, that's not what we're trying to do here. Timing is 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 impeccable when it comes to buying a home. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have it for the long term. Yep. So, yes, understand that, like you're probably not going to get a great deal, but if you do get a great deal, awesome. You have your new home. It does not pay you any money. So now it becomes a liability in a sense of just money, even though it's an asset, it's a liability that comes out of your pocket every single month. Mm -hmm. Granted, it's a place that you can live in with your family. Mm -hmm. My, my, my concern is that if you want to get in that real estate investing game, and you're making some decent money, like all these little wholesalers out there that are making a whole bunch of money, mm-hmm. um, buy that, you know, buy the investment property, sit on it, create some cash flow of 500 bucks, $600, 700 bucks a month in positive. So now what that $700 does is pays for, a, you know, it pays for something. It pays for your truck or your car or whatever the case. But right now, if I did it all over again, I think I probably would have stayed at home for another two or three years and bought more property. <laughs> Save his mom and dad. Nothing out of pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had my own little room and everything else. So it was cool, big old house. But the, the thing is, is, is I see things differently now. Yeah. I've been in the business for so long and I'm sure you do too, Michael. Oh, so, sure. and it's not that it's a bad thing to buy your own home, but really look at the aspect of why are you buying an investment? Why? Because you want it to appreciate. You want it to make money, right? Because it's the trendy thing to do right now. Everybody wants to be an investor. So be the investor and buy an income producing property first or buy something that's cheap, fix it up and create capital when you turn around and sell it at $20,000, $15,000, $30,000 in profit. Mm-hmm. And then you use that money, do that multiple times. And then maybe when you're ready, you buy one investment and one home that you live in because yeah. now the money that you, you, you use to flip the houses, right? All the profits, half of it goes to buying a home for your, you and your family. And the other half goes to 
buying an investment property that will appreciate without you doing anything to it. Yeah. And you put a renter in there and you let it just compound. Yeah. I, my I, thought. No, I think you're my right. Two cents. I get this all the time. Again, we're both in expensive parts of the world. I'm in the Bay Area and I get it all the time, right? Should I be buying a, you know, I mean, we have stupid prices here, you know, 1.7, 2.3, you know, $4 million home. And my answer generally is, is it going to be your forever home? And Mine. usually, right, they'll say no, right? Because a, the Bay Area is stupid priced. A lot of folks are like, I'm going to be here three, four, five years, make my money, and then I'm going to bounce, right? I'm going to go back to where I was raised. I'm going to go get closer to family, whatever it is. And generally speaking, that's a hell of an investment to make. Yes, prices in the Bay Area have gone up. Yes, there's no inventory. But does anybody think this crazy nonsense world can keep going, especially if interest rates rise and your selling cost is 6%, right? It has probably never made more sense to rent in the Bay Area if your time horizon is less than five years, right? If, oh. if your time horizon is less than five years, you're gambling. Yes, you know, it could pay off. And it could, I mean, some people make, half a million bucks here because it just appreciates like crazy. I don't know right. if that's likely in the next five years with all the nonsense going on in the world, especially. Now, if you bought two, now if you bought four years ago in the Bay Area. Yes, yes. different, right? Yeah, you buy in 2010 at the, at the bottom, you know, where prices were down 30% or whatever it was. Yeah, it's a very different game. But you just got to know the market, right? You got to look every day. And um, I generally don't like telling people not to buy a primary because I'm a big home ownership person, right? It's yep. what saved my family growing up. Um, it's why I'm not living in Michigan because my, my family owned a home in Sunnyvale and we could use it as a bank for those times my father was unemployed. Um, but man, today, if it's going to be your forever home, go nuts. Who knows? It's going to be there forever. It won't, it won't matter in 30 years. Right. But if your time horizon is five years and you want to go back to Tennessee or, or Texas or wherever you want to go, you know, maybe it makes sense to rent. Rent's coming down in the Bay Area, right? Rents are down a little bit. Lock in a long-term lease. See what's going on. You know, maybe you're going to have a better time, right? If we really miss the next tech wave and the, the next set of buyers aren't coming in, maybe prices are cheaper in three or four years. Maybe. Uh, they're probably not up double digits again, I wouldn't think. But no. then you have an investment, right? And you've got 30-year money on cheap debt. Because the difference between, for me, the five-year home and an investment is the investment you, you're going to hold forever. Right. So go get that 30-year money. If you're going to live in a home for five years or less, that 30-year money is really not as valuable because you're going to sell it anyway. And yep. probably into a higher interest rate environment. And as we know, every one-point raise in interest rate really lowers the value 10%. Right. So it's, 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 it's for the first time I struggle with telling people, you know, buy your primary because it's, it's really dicey in the Bay area today, I think. Yeah. See, and that's, uh, you, you, you called it there, the 30 year money. Yeah. That there is spot on. And there's a lot of programs out there for the investor and for the person that wants to just live for five years, there's a five, there's a five arm yeah, you can get is. like at two and a half percent. Do that one. If you know, you're going to be leaving. So now it's super cheap money and you're going to sell it anyways. And you, I mean, that 30 year fixed at 3% doesn't really, you know, it's not, it's not an, as enticing if you're going to dump it in four years or five yeah, years. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And again, the other thing is if, if you really are, if you, the other thing we have to realize is we have a whole nother generation behind us, right? The millennials and ultimately Gen Z. 
uh, again, if, if, if the trend holds, they're far more mobile, right? They, they likely will live in more places than you and I, Gen X and, and, and baby boomers. Yep. So, you know, it might make sense for them to always rent, right? Because, hey, I'm going to live here for two years. I'm going to go there for four years. It might make sense. You know, some of you could house hack, right? Maybe you go buy and then you rent when you leave. But, you know, maybe you want to rent. Maybe you want all your rentals in one spot, right? That's another thing you could do is, right? Anchor where your renters are or rentals are. And then you just move around the world, frankly. And that's another thing to think about. So that's really, cool it's, it's, it's life choices. Right, right. No, that, that, that's good, Michael. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, just like you said, you're a firm believer in, in buying a home to live in. That's how I was at, as well. Like I wanted a home to call that, hey, that's my first investment. That's, that's like the castle. You yeah. buy a house, it's the castle, and then you can build off of the castle. But you always want to be secured at your house. And I can get that avenue. But right now, being that the money is crazy cheap and the, the what do you call it, the value is kind of high. And even in our area, Fresno for you, yeah. you know, the high desert for us. And you can still get a decent property. But I mean, there's just so much opportunity for investments um, in my area that it's like, why not do that first? Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know. And again, just, just to be clear, because I always I like to tell people, right? So I'm sitting in a condo that we bought in 99. Right. So again, it's the first property we bought. So again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm talking out my ass. We, we first thing we bought was our owner occupied home. But again, we never upgraded as we talk about in the book, right? We could have upgraded 10 times and increased our monthly expenses. We never did. Believe me, we wanted to, we wanted a yard. We wanted this, we wanted that, but we had bigger dreams. So we kept our living expenses as low as possible, uh, which includes a, a relatively cheap mortgage in hindsight, right? Cause we bought it for 300 and it's a lot more than that now. So um, yeah, just, cool. just have a plan, right? That's, that's really cool that you, uh, you didn't upgrade and you had the opportunity to like, like the book says, but it, uh, and that, and that takes some, some, uh, some courage. That takes <laughs> a lot of discipline um, to not do that because the money that you were making, you're like, Oh, I can go upgrade. And I'm sure you came across so many great deals that you could have. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the cool part, man. That you just stayed where you were at. That's freaking just, that's yeah, just we, we went through, I mean, there were a couple of times, right? We 99, right. There's been a couple of cycles in the Bay area that we saw that prices were down. I remember a couple of times we looked around, um, but we always come back to is, you know, does this, does this make us have to work longer? And the answer was yes. And the answer is we didn't want to do that. So our uh, yeah. spot on fire. Yeah. That's fire right there, guys. <laughs> Pay attention to that. There you go. All right, man. Any closing thoughts on this one? Because again, I don't want us to sound like we're not pro homeownership. We're just, we're, we're like, ask yourself just a couple questions today because it's a weird time in the real estate market, right? That's it. I mean, do you want, um, everybody wants appreciation, but do you want cash flow to pay for something else? I mean, and if you have some money, you're, you can always be creative with that landlord and pay six months in advance and get a four or $500 discount per month. Okay. So remember that because I'm this close when this, uh, the, the, the affordability index happens and it starts dropping and, or starts increasing, sorry, the, I'm, I'd be selling everything, go rent somebody somewhere and dump like a year in advance, but I'm going to get such cheap freaking rent because I'm giving them cash up front. So remember that also when you're 
out there looking for rental or buying, it's like, what can you do creative? Because if you're renting a house, you don't have to pay the taxes. You don't have to maintain the property, your own stuff. But if there's something that breaks, the landlord covers it. And I'm telling you this because I am a landlord. Yeah. If somebody came to me and said, hey, here's a year in advance, I'm taking it. And Absolutely. I'll take the, the, the discount as well. Oh, no question. So, yeah. Just so you know. Very cool. Yeah. I love this That's conversation. All. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Thanks.